I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Danilo's free. And it goes to Gibbs White. Hello and welcome back to Red Side of the Trent. It is a second season in the Premier League as Forest kicked off their pre-season yesterday with a 1-0 win over Notts County. Huang Hui Zhou, we've seen for the first time with his first three touches score a goal. Obviously, the kit reveals were the day before. It's a full house today as I welcome Reese Lane, Lee Clark and Christian Brown back. Guys, have you all enjoyed your summer so far? Has it been good, Reese? I know you've been gallivanting here and there. Dublin, Sam Fender, Newcastle fans probably a galore in Dublin. Uh, I don't even want to get into that's a conversation for another time. Newcastle fans, <laughs> we'll save it for when we play them. Christian, I wanted to ask you because I know you've been watching the cricket uh, eagerly. Are, are the refs worse in cricket or in football? Oh, definitely football. Um, <laughs> there's no two ways about it. I mean, I, yeah, obviously, it's, it's, again, we spoke about it before. It's very different with cricket. It's obviously everything's so stop start, um, whereas football is very continuous. So it's difficult to apply technology in the same way. It's much easier to do in cricket. So if an umpire does make a howler, for example, it's quickly amended and sort of forgotten about. Whereas obviously mm. in football, it's like changes the course of the game. So, uh, yeah, definitely football. I mean, I've I've definitely missed your refereeing rants uh, over the summer, but I'm glad to have they've continued a different sport. Uh, Lee, you all right? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Refereeing rants is uh, a- accurate, really, because uh, I won't mention the non-league club that I was at yesterday. But uh, it's fair to say they've got some very lively fans. They don't really buy into the whole "it's only a friendly." Um, <laughs> so if anyone knows me, they'll know where I was yesterday. But uh, I won't mention them on air. Oh, that's fair enough. Um, obviously, in the oh, not obviously because you don't know this, but uh, later in the show we are going to be joined by Nathan Joyce, who is a Forest fan, also a content creator himself, uh, is a podcast host for the Copper Club. So that will be interesting with the many South American links Forest and and many of the Premier League are having actually nowadays. Um, we are going to get into something quite recent. Obviously, I'm not going to really touch into the Notts County game because I don't know how much of 
any of us saw of it. I, I definitely didn't see any of it apart from the goal and, and it seemed like a dead rubber. But I want to get into the kits because that was a more recent oh, yeah. thing. It wasn't uh, a dead rubber for them, mate. They forget their police yeah. escorts for a it friendly. Was, yeah. <laughs> I, I did I mean, actually I did actually watch the whole game and it was You watched the whole game, blimey. Yeah. Give, give us I, a brief um, overview then because I'm sure people will be umming and ahhing and going, Why are you doing a podcast? You didn't even watch the bloody game, but we're not going to talk about it too much. Um it was just a typical friendly. I mean, f- to be fair to Notts, they are um, a few weeks ahead of us, aren't they? And plus, they had a more, I'd say, settled team than us. Um, we had quite a few youngsters in there. We had we had players making the debuts, really. You know, Huang, mm. who scored, and Josh Bowler, and I'm, I'm, I bet there would have been a few more as well. Christina's lad. Yeah, yeah, Brandon Aguilera. Yeah, we were, actually, I thought he was probably the standout um, Forest player because Notts, was kicking him quite a bit, which I thought, well, was typical of them, really. But um, he did give it a bit back. So I, I did see a tweet earlier from a Costa Rican journalist saying that he's actually going to Spain with us and he'll be um, part of the group, I think, for when we play PSV and Leeds. So interesting okay. to see what happens with him. Definitely. Uh, uh, Reese, I'm going to keep with you, actually, because obviously you're a kit connoisseur of sorts, a, a shirt collector, as you as you like to say, and and, and call yourself. Um, what 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 were your first impressions of the of the new kits and 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 the reveal of it all, anyway? Like, and how Forest have kind of dealt with it in your in your perspective. Um, in terms of the reveal, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm got out better to do the moan I was revealing a kit. I mean, come on. Um, I thought it was a you know to use the castle and that and it was all lit up in red wanted at the time and I thought that was I mean I was busy watching Peter Case so I couldn't really be asked to be honest but um, yeah it's just you know I, I think you know what social media is like you know I think people just moan at everything at times don't they and there's always obviously questions asked about who gets invited to these events and this and that but you know, it was to a point where I think there was a young girl who was getting a bit of stick. I mean, come on. I mean, does it mean that much to vote about a kit reveal? But, um, yeah, in, I mean, in regards to the kits, I've, I've said this on my personal Twitter. I think, personally, with all three, I think, depending on the sponsor, because I'm, I'm guessing we're going to end up having one this season, a front-of-shirt sponsor, I think, especially with the home shirt, that will make it, I mean... The kits, none of them really stand out to me. I think none of them are terrible as well. I think they're just a bit, yeah, they're okay and that's it. I'm not going <laughs> to lose any sleep over it. I mean, for, for me personally, I've got to at some point buy them because I, to keep my collection up. But um, yeah, I won't be like rushing to the shops to buy all three at the minute, I don't think. If you're going to have to save a bit, £75 yeah. a shirt. Lee, yeah. let's... let's... Go on. Yeah, I mean, the pricing, I've seen a few people saying, like, Adidas and that set the price, don't you? Which, it is a, it is a wider scale thing, the price in the football shirts. It's not it's not Forrest to blame on that. It, it's it's the price, a, a joke, really. You know, I, I go back to back in the days when you could go up to Sports Direct in Ilkeston, where I'm from, and you could pick up a Forest away shirt, 15, you go for, like, 25 quid when it had just come out. So, mm. um, then days are firmly over and those were the days as well when you got a home shirt one season the waist shirt the next so it alternated but um the prices across the board are a, a joke but it's supply and demand isn't it in football like a lot of things as we've seen with his tickets they know people are going to buy them they know kids are going to pressure the parents and they, they can 
they can charge what they want in a way to a certain degree. But as well, this is where you get in. You know, you see so many fakes and that nowadays, and, and you can see why because just the cost is just astronomical. You know, two hundred and twenty-five quid to buy all three shares. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? Really. Mm, I think everyone will be saving a pound a day for a while. Uh, Lee, I, I wanted to ask you your your opinion on which, which is your favourite. Which one stands out to you most? Uh, I quite like the away ones. To be fair, um, I think the third shirt is certainly different. Um, I think it might be a bit like the the Ivis one in that that it might grow on me a little bit um, as as we play in it a bit more. But yeah, I think the away one. Um, I don't. Having seen the full kit, I actually think the the shorts and the socks make the shirt for the home kit look better. Mm. Um, but yeah, like Reese has said, I don't think any of them are terrible. I don't think any of them are absolutely amazing. Um, this is one of my bugbears, to be fair. I, I genuinely think these people that moan about the simplicity of a kit are probably the sort of people where if you open their wardrobe, they've got 50 different Lacoste shirts just with a, the same crocodile on, just on a plain coloured shirt. I mean, if you don't like it, don't buy it. It's, it, it's. I just never understand the. I get that all the clubs will have shirts. You say, "Oh, that's a nice shirt," and I wish we had one like that. But come on, it's it's just a football shirt. You, your team plays in it. It's got the team you support's badge on it. And let's face it, that's a lot of the reason why people choose to buy them anyway. So, yeah, I mean, come on, stop moaning about kits. Crikey, <laughs> Christian! I know, I know you're you're a collector of sorts as well as as Reese is. Uh, maybe on not as hardcore, but do you think the away one will piss off the Brazilian contingent in the squad? <laughs> um, I don't. It's a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of erring towards saying it's more Greece, but um, yeah, <laughs> I think it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a slight oversight with that in mind. But I don't think it's too big of a deal, really. Like, um, yeah, it's. I, I, I don't mind our kits. I think I've got. Um, as I say, I've got more of an issue with the price point, really. But, I mean, that's more of a wider football thing. I know Brentford's, as much as we maligned them for various different reasons, um, they do, I think, they have gone back to that old model of such. And they'll bring out a home kit or last two years. They'll bring out a away mm. kit in the other year. So, really, parents are only forking out for one kit a year as such, which makes more sense, really. It's, it's much more with fans in mind. So, it would be nice to see Forest apply something like that. But equally, like, it's not really their choice, I suppose. But, um yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they're too bad. I think the the, the only one, actually, it's a home kit. I don't like the least. I like the least. I think it's <laughs> it's just a carbon copy, pretty much. The you know the Fawaz era Matt Derbyshire against Leeds one from like 2014. It doesn't. It's, it's uh, that's the only um, bugbear I've got. At least the other two are different. Like I've not seen any. I mean, fair enough. The templates might be the same. But I've not seen any actually patterns like it's away in the third. But the home kits is like either a cut and copy Aberdeen kit or that home kit we had from 10 years ago that's my only little gripe with it i really like the third one although i know obviously it's come out recently that uh is it a team in japan i'm not sure where exactly they've got exactly the same design but slightly different color scheme but i'm, I'm not even sure what do, do any of you know what the actual color is because i still can't really tell if it's like coral and navy or a I, black I, and I, orange i think it is like a navy and a coral isn't it? um mm. it's it reminded me of that you know that um, viral dress of years ago on Twitter oh, where it was was it blue, blue or gold? And, or yeah, kind of reminded me of that. What what kind of colour it is? But um, I think it is like a navy and like a yeah, like a coral, like a, a mix between pink and orange kind of thing. I think, like Chris yeah. said, interesting. It's different, and I guess so. Definitely, I think um, 
we've we've we we can move into some transfer rumors now. We can move away from kits for for a change, and and before we bring Nathan in, because obviously some of our transfer rumors are are, are heavily South American linked, and he, and he will be able to provide us with a bit more information on that sort of stuff. But um, Cooper said after the game that. Some transfers are close, but how close is close? He was he wasn't really sure. But a few names that have been linked with us, obviously Dean Henderson is is the one we're waiting on, and it's kind of waiting on that ripple effect of Anana signing for Man United, so Dean Henderson can come to us. So that kind of looks a bit quite close. But I did want to get everyone's opinion on on the Willian link. Uh, Lee, I'm going to start with you on it. What what's your initial thoughts on that? Obviously, because he's was he 34, 35, but had a really good season. I thought at Fulham. Yeah, I, d- I don't have a major issue with it, if I'm being honest. Um, that might be unpopular because it doesn't kind of fit the the whole... I know there's been a lot of talk of the, us following the Brighton model and that sort of stuff, but I think ultimately Brighton have signed James Milner this summer. And I get that someone else said that Brighton's squad, is a, their average age is a lot lower than ours. We've already got a lot of players who are kind of beyond 30. But that sort of model won't be adapted overnight. So you've got to kind of take a step back. I wish that line had never gone in that article, to be fair, because our fans are just going to expect us now to ship every 30-year-old out and replace them with wonder kids from Peru and Fiji. Um, <laughs> it's it's just not going to happen overnight. But, yeah, I don't really have a major issue with Willian. I think he had a good season last season, especially if it's on a one-year deal with the opportunity for him to finish his career at Olympiacos the season after. It is a bit more short-termism. But ultimately, one thing that we did lack last season was maybe another kind of match winner in the final third. And I think Willian could provide that for us. Um, it's a, Again, it, there is a, an element of short-termism, which I don't typically like. Um, but I mean, essentially, he's going to be the new... It's kind of like the Lingard signing for this summer, I guess, isn't it? He'll be on a decent wage for a year and then he'll kind of sail off into the sunset. Um, in Athens, in this case. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'll be OK. I, I think you've got to look at it. Would you rather he was playing minutes or would you rather Emmanuel Dennis was playing minutes? We've we've stuck up for Dennis on this podcast, but I think you look at how both players played last season and you, you'd probably edge towards having Willian come on for the last half an hour. Yeah, definitely. Um, Christian, I did want to ask you about um, if, if obviously bringing Willian in and, and then bringing someone in like... Carlos Borges, who's been linked to us from Man City, who, who did very well for their under-21s last season. I think he won player of the season. He scored a hat full of goals, got a load of assists, scored against Derby in the Pizza Cup as well, which is a nice one to, to boast about if he was to come to Forest. But would you be quite happy with bringing in someone with that experience of William, who's been in the Champions League and, and won Premier League titles, with someone who's just about to come onto the scene almost to give him that bit of like, mentoring as such it's a bit of a weird one with William I mean um it almost feels like we're just doing it to sort of to stabilize for them above all else I mean obviously <laughs> it looks like Mitrovic could be off Solomon's gone um Dan James is gone uh obviously the still there's still question marks of whether Silver's gonna go to Saudi Arabia or not Palina could go to Essex or West Ham to replace uh, Declan Rice. Uh, they could be in deep trouble next season. It just feels like taking Williams is sort of like weakening them rather than strengthening us. I don't know. I, I don't really see how it fits unless we change shape. Obviously, it provides us with tactical flexibility, which is nice. But um, other than that, like you look at the start and say if Forrest were to line up a 4 2 3 1, for example, which obviously, as we know full well, didn't work the players we had last season. 
you'd expect William to would is he gonna budge Johnson on the right? Well obviously it depends if Johnson's gonna be here, doesn't it? But if Johnson's still here, you'd think that's that starting right wing position's his. So it's it's a bit odd. Um but I mean if, I don't know. I mean it's weird because when we when we first had Murphy, obviously the philosophy was anyone over twenty six and over we wouldn't pay a fee for. William's gonna be a free transfer, so that ties kind of bows in with that. Um as for Borges, though, Borges seems quite an exciting signing if we can get that one done. Um, obviously, especially with Surridge now going for five million, which I think is actually pretty good considering he's got a year left in his contract. Um, and I hope he does pretty well in the MLS, to be fair. Sam Surridge has been a very good servant for Forest. Uh, was maybe a bit touch unfortunate not to get the opportunities he maybe warranted last season, but that's football ultimately. Um, but yeah, he, I imagine he'd replace Surridge and be a very good viable option of as a uh, where we go that sort of two up front almost with Awani and Borges or Johnson, whoever it may be. Uh, so yeah, he's on, on paper. It's sort of, you know, he's complements each other quite well, going back to the point of hands, experience and youth. So yeah, I mean, I, I think the Borges only makes more sense than William at the minute, but I guess we'll have to see. I guess another thing it does solve, um, like they touched upon about the last half hour or so, is that one thing that I felt we struggled with was our set piece delivery. Um, especially for, I don't think we scored direct free kick at all last season. No. And obviously, um, Willian, obviously, as we know, is very adept at doing that. So that would bolster that ranks, I suppose. Yeah, I think the thing what I like about Borges as well is he can play across the, the 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 three behind the striker as well. So he offers that flexibility of. I think I heard it on another podcast. Is he's, he's a multiple purpose, which I do like. Uh, Reese, I did want to ask you about uh, another winger that was linked to us from. Chelsea and Callum Hudson-Odoi, obviously someone who's struggled probably in the last few seasons to have that form that almost landed him a big move to Bayern Munich. Would you, was it, was he someone that kind of perked your ears or, or not really? Was it kind of a bit of that, maybe some warning signs of not to go for him? Yeah, I mean, I remember that saga really well. It was heavily covered on TalkSport. Bayern were coming in for him quite a few times, wasn't he? And was really determined to get him. Kind of was like when Jaden Sancho was at his peak at Dortmund. It was kind of that kind of model, wasn't it? But <clears throat> it obviously didn't happen. And then I think, you know, he played he played for England, didn't he? Um, got a few caps for England. And then mm. I think he's just had injury problems. And then he, he, he kind of, when he did play for Chelsea, it was, you know, under different managers. And there was experimenting with players at, you know, playing him at right wing back as they did, I think, with Sterling, didn't he, as well at one point. And so it's just been a bit of a, probably the last couple of years, a bit of um frustrating, I'm sure, for him. Um, it's one of, it's a tough one. I do, I do, I do like him, but I'm, I'm not sure if it was one of you guys said it. he did have an injury. And then he, there was a quote that he did say he didn't feel the same player since he'd come back from this injury. So, with our injury record, that would be a concern because we need players who are going to be fit. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. But um, on the face of it, he is someone I wouldn't mind at all because he's still young. Again, we've got a manager who enjoys working with young players, improving them. The, just the concern for me is if he could stay fit. Um, is that a risk Forrest are willing to take? I'm not too sure. I know that Fulham are interested in him, which probably would be a move that makes sense because he wouldn't have to uproot where he lives um, down that way in London. So, and I know he is on, um, apparently talks what said he's on 120 grand a week. So if he was to like go on a free, I'm sure he could command wages pretty much that because obviously a club wouldn't be paying a fee. So um, 
we, we, there is a few links where I think it's kind of, I think they seem with the fees and players wanting, to, sorry, clubs wanting to get rid of players, this, they seem like easy deals to be done, but Forest haven't done them deals yet. So I'm not sure whether there's any truth in the likes of, like we say, hudson Adoy and Borges from City. So it's a bit of a waiting game into the minute. And um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. But um, I'm sure they've got the fingers in many pots trying to get deals done. And, and, the, and the thing is, I don't want us to rush and get players in who aren't going to be no good for us because we apparently, according to reports, we want half a dozen players, don't we? This year, it needs to be quality over quantity and not the other way around from last year. And that's something that Forest have got to do. And if they do do that... As we, we spoke about in our chat the other day, there's probably seven or eight teams who I think we could finish above this season because who are struggling. And Christian's just mentioned one then in Fulham. You know, they've had their whole they could have their whole forward line and manager done by the time the season starts. So <laughs> so yeah, the recruit the recruit recruitments it's a proper buzz cliche because we say it every summer, but yeah, it's got to be quality over quantity this summer for sure. Definitely. I mean, I don't know how much of you guys managed to watch the under-21s uh, recently. Obviously, they, they had a magnificent uh, victory, and we'll get into that a little bit more with, with Gibbs White and, and England. But there is a player that we did get linked to immediately after, Lee. I'm going to come on to you with him. And I mean, as much as I'd love Levi Colwell, I don't think his destination is quite Forest. I think he's destined for a bit more higher. But someone who did catch my eye and is someone that's been linked is with is centre-half Taylor Harwood-Bellis, who had a good loan spell last season at Burnley, obviously got promoted with them under Vincent Company. But I think he is a... a, I think he could go another level above and and he looks like a very good prospect. What what did you make of that link? Yeah, I did watch a bit of the under-21s, to be fair. I mean, you've got it when it comes to weighing up whether he'd be a good signing for us in the Premier League. Obviously, you've got to take into consideration that it's an under-21s tournament. But yeah, I think... If he wasn't a Man City player and he actually played for Burnley in the Championship, he'd be one of them players that everyone was saying, oh, yeah, go and get him. Um, or if he played for another Championship side, should I say, yeah, take a chance on him. So, yeah, I would I would welcome him. He looks like a, a really good centre-half. Um, he just looks mature beyond his years, I think. And I think that's always a good sign for a young player. He doesn't seem phased by anything. Um, obviously, he's got, for a young lad, he's got quite a bit of senior football under his belt now. So... Yeah, if the price was right, I'd definitely look to do. I think that would be the sort of signing that definitely fits in with the Brighton model because you could sign him for probably twenty million, and in the space of eighteen months, he might be worth forty. Because um, I, I I do see him as that sort of defender that is that good, and I, I get the impression that he could probably play as part of a two or a three as well, which gives us a bit more flexibility. So, yeah, that sort of sign. I, I mean, let's face it, any kind of youngster you're getting linked with from City, they don't typically have bad ones do they I suppose so yeah I would uh, I would certainly welcome him he looks uh, a really steady player I mean you could say you could probably make a case for most of that the starting 11 that um, they used you know as the first choice um, the guy who Man U sold they must be absolutely kicking themselves I can't remember his name now Angel Gomez and so Gomez that's it yeah we let him go for free that's even more of a fast <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean that was another one everyone we were watching the games and everyone was going oh go and sign him yeah because he's definitely going to leave Lille isn't he I suppose but yeah it is what it is I mean yeah I'd, I'd definitely welcome Howard Bellis I think he'd be a very good signing what I would say is if we're going to get another centre half it does sound like we want one but I can't see both Worrell and McKenna sticking around if if we do get another to be fair 
Well, it was uh, obviously reported that Joe Warren was going to get another contract offered to him. Obviously, him and McKenna are in there last year, but we've we've got like Bolly one year left, Felipe one year left. Obviously, McKenna and Warren, as we've mentioned, one year left. It's it's kind of like what do we do? And we've obviously been linked to Mavrapanos or whatever his name is from uh, Schalke, I believe it is. Is it Schalke? Stuttgart. Stuttgart. I knew it was an S. I just couldn't quite remember. But I did want to get all your actual opinions on this next person I want to mention because he's like seems like a very sought after person. And that's Ibrahim Sanger from PSV. Obviously, got eight goals, three assists last season from central midfield for a, for a deep lying or or a defensive midfield player. Eight goals is a pretty is pretty impressive. Um, Christian, I start off with you. What 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 kind of statement would that be if Forrest signed him, especially with the money that's been touted? It would be pretty big, yeah. It would obviously, yeah. We were looking at maybe 30, 31, 32 million if we match his buyout clause. Although, see some reports say that it might take less than that. It's still going to be a big outlay, regardless of how we look at it. The only thing for me is that obviously he's been linked with all these big clubs for what seems like quite a few years now, but no one's pulled the trigger yet. So to go from Chelsea, United, uh, Spurs, etc., being linked with him to him coming to Forest, obviously. That's with the greatest respect for us as well. I mean, we came 16th in the Premier League last season. And I know the Premier League pool is very big, but what what are these big, bigger like fishes, if you like? Why have they not actioned that transfer? What has stopped them from doing it before in the past? And I guess the flip side to that is obviously we had that with the Nino, didn't we? Arsenal wouldn't pay the money that Palmer was had li- literally just about to come back with you of that. <laughs> yeah, and obviously we signed him, and you know that's very much you know our game, but. I don't know, Sangari, uh, he's 25 now as well, isn't he? So it's very much like do or die time for him, really, if he's going to move over. Um, I, it would be big. I mean, we, the, thing, the big thing for us is that we need a player who can play in that defensive midfield position. There's been talk that even Kuyate could be going off to Saudi. Freuler might be going back to Italy. And he who held shot me names will hopefully be fucking <laughs> off to up the M1 to Sheffield United for another relegation next season. But... Um, it's, we need someone for that role. We badly need someone for that role. So um, we may have new two players for that role this summer, especially depending if, if all three go, then we'll definitely need someone else to come in. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited by it, but also a little wary. Maybe it's a big outlay and a number of bigger clubs have skimmed over. So we'll have to see. Reese, um, have you watched much PSV to give an opinion? <laughs> no, I'm not going to make it. I've watched Sierra Divisi. I do, I do follow leagues because I do bet on European leagues. So I've got a rough idea of who's where, but I've not watched the games or anything. So no, um, <laughs> he's someone who I brought on FIFA. That's about as good as I can give you, to be honest. Um, I always like to buy a really good young potential midfielder, and I've. He joins the likes of Tenali and Camavingo brought over the years. Um, at this season, I've got that Kone from Borussia Mönchengladbach, who Liverpool have been heavily linked with. Um, so, but yeah, just looking at his Wikipedia, six, six foot three, which is, you know, when we when we were going up, your CDMs was um, growing growing up, should I say? CDMs were really small, weren't they? Like your likes, like, the obvious like one, Macaulay and like Jack Russell's, weren't they? Basically? Yeah, and, and that and, <laughs> and obviously N'Golo Kante's times went on, but now nah, they just seem to be massive bastards like Rodri. <laughs> so he obviously fits that. Um, and, and Casemiro, another one who's quite stocky, and so he obviously fits that mold as being six foot three, but. Going back to Christian's point, I think with some players, it's just 
it's one of them. Sometimes it just needs somebody to take a chance on him. And and Danilo is a perfect example. Um, you know, people they stutter, don't they? And some players, someone takes a punt on him and it works out. And sometimes um, clubs take a punt on players that don't. I mean, Lee spoke about the Brighton model. You know, the narrative across football is that every single sign in Brighton made is perfect. Well, you know, the likes of Yankovash and Lacardia who signed in the past, they didn't work out. So they've also had players who haven't worked out. So you can't get every single one right. You know, it's not it's not a flawless system. But um yeah, I mean the, the fear, I'd imagine if we was to sign him, say, you know, on a five year deal, that'd probably be paid off over the five years. So say if it was thirty five million, he'd probably pay what is it, seven million a season or something, or a bit you know, 20 million up front and then spread over, obviously, to meet FFP, which is what kind of Chelsea have done with their um, long contracts, etc. So, um, so yeah, but it, it'll be one, it'll be one of them. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know a lot about him, um, apart from he's a wonder kid on FIFA. So, um, but, but yeah, so we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to see on that one. Um, but yeah, um, it'll be a fairly sizable transfer won't it if it does go through fours and you'd have to hope with that type of money he can hit the ground running but he is somebody that position is something we definitely need we do need to strengthen in the midfield area the centre midfield area because like Christian said if Royler was to leave and you know I think Kuyate there was links with him going to Saudi he's in the last year of his deal so I think that would if that come to fruition it would probably be appealing we don't really know what's going to happen with Lewis O'Brien I think he's played his last game anti this weekend for um, DC United so yeah it is an area we definitely need strengthen definitely I'm just going to open this out to you guys as well like do you think there's anywhere else that we've maybe need to to look at in terms of like strengthening or or, or left back now as tough as we've had for like yeah definitely <laughs> a left back I mean Richards didn't play yesterday which is quite surprising yeah Cooper said that he's not he's not quite ready yet to play in games which <laughs> which which shows like in a year <laughs> like yeah, and, uh, yeah. but that that just shows obviously I think we're going to discuss Toffolo a little bit aren't we but um yeah, yeah we do we do need a left back obviously the goalkeeper situation needs sorting out as well um and then obviously there's links with a few players who I've seen this morning that you know Dennis might be going to Leeds We've obviously heard the links with Brennan Johnson, so there'll be areas if they was to leave um, that would need strengthening. So, so yeah, we'll have to see. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We've been linked heavily with South American contingency and I'm delighted to welcome Forest fan, who I didn't even know until I actually looked at the bloody bio properly, <laughs> uh, but uh, Copper Club's Nathan Joyce. How are you, Nathan? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm all good. Thanks for having me on. Um, as you've alluded to, 
uh, the amount of links at the moment, I'm sure there's just going to be more and more crop up and appear out of nowhere. But yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to weigh in with my opinion. Well, I'm, I, we'll, we'll all kind of like fire a load of questions at you and then sure. and, and get your opinion on stuff. Um, Lee, I'm going to let you go first, mate. Yeah, so I just I just wanted to ask, really, obviously we're getting linked with lots of South American players. I guess the biggest thing for me is someone who doesn't really watch, well, I don't watch any South American football. I'm not The clips I see are, are on social media, that sort of stuff. So I just wondered what what's the biggest, dif- what, what would be the biggest kind of, impact for a player who's coming to play in England. Uh, obviously, Danilo struggled a little bit when he first came, but how how does the styles of football kind of different and what sort of challenges do the players face that, you know, more than any other, really? Yeah, that's a very good question. And you probably see more South American, well, most South American players go over to La Liga because it's all sort of similar style of play. And it's only like the real gems who are making it over to the Premier League. And as you've alluded to there with Danilo, yeah, he needed bedding in. It's the language barrier. There's so many things off the pitch which people don't realise, but people, players are people first, right? So the style of play is so it's a lot slower. It, the leagues aren't as good. There's just purely like the money difference between the Premier League and like Serie A and Brazil. Like even look, that's the top league in South America, right? But the difference in money, hence why you can go and pick up players like Danilo for 15, 16 million. Palmeiras are happy with that. And it's also great business for, for Forrest as it's already shown in year one. But it's just a lot of a, a slower play. But I, I generally think it's a lot more to do with off the pitch and how players settle in a country rather than it is on it. Nathan, we've been linked with about a million people. I mean, recently, Mateus Nascimento. I couldn't tell you who this guy is. I've never even seen him on Football Manager, and that's where I get all my all my information. <laughs> so, are you staying up at like four in the morning watching all these games and, and whatnot, or are you are you, are you got a, is TiVo box just just a uh, full of South American football? But I do. I, I need I need you to tell me about this kid because I think I've seen you tweet out literally about two minutes after we was linked with him that he could be an incredible pickup. Yeah, I mean, look, it's my full-time job now to watch South American football. So I'm no longer having to get up at 8am, 9am after staying up to a ridiculous o'clock. So that sort of helps out a little bit. But um, Brazilian football, like on a Sunday, it kicks off at 8 o'clock here, which is great timing, really. But yeah, like you said, like the Libertadores, Sudamericana, everything runs through till early morning. But yeah, it's it's. I was surprised to see it, to be honest. Like, I'm not here. I'm not going to be one of those journalist whatever to pretend I know about the links I'm just here to report on the players and I was very surprised to see the link but pleasantly surprised that the first thing a lot of Forest fans or any club do when these players get linked is look on YouTube or look on Wikipedia right and these goal scoring record probably isn't anything to shout about but if you actually take that to one side and look at the player he's got huge huge ceiling like the potential there is massive he's only 19 years of age um Went to the recent Under-20 World Cup and was utilised off the bench, scored then. I think that's maybe had a few more eyes on him there. But Botafogo, who are top of the league, the surprise runaway leaders at the moment, 13 points clear of Serie A, um, completely unexpected, finished 14th, I think it was, last season. But their striker, Tequino Suarez, he's 32, looking to break into the Brazilian team. But he's had he scored 12 13 goals, about 40% of their goals. They only play with one striker, which is probably why you haven't seen too much of him. Had a couple of niggly injuries. He's out at the moment as well. But if we're going to talk of him as a player, 
look, it, first of all, like the fact that he's not getting too many minutes at Botafogo, if someone comes knocking from the Premier League, he's probably even more want he's putting more wanting to come over and exploit that. But as a player, he's so like I said, he's out and out striker, only nineteen and he likes to drop off. Um can work in the channels as well. But I see his future probably more as a number nine, unless his finishing does progress. But he likes to drop off, pick up the ball. Uh, he's very, um, as you would expect with a Brazilian, he's very skillful at his feet. But when balls sort of, if when he drops deep to pick up balls, like he doesn't look to just bring it down and chest it down. He'll look to take on that player who's left or right of his shoulder and make things happen. It's when I first saw the link, I was in my head, I was just like, the way Forrest set up last season with counter-attacking play with Gibbs White, Johnson, and, and then Danilo, to be honest, it's very much dropping deep there and looking to use the channels and, and counter-attack. And he does offer all those sort of attributes. And he's finishing in, he's, he's finishing he's something which can be improved on, but his decision-making in the box is very good. He's, for his 19, he's, he's really not selfish. If he sees a better option, he's looking to play that pass. Or if there is an opportunity there where he doesn't need to take a touch, he will go for goal. It's, we saw that in the under-20 um, World Cup. Brazil were knocked out to Israel, but he did score the goal in extra time. Ball's come to him quickly. He's taken a quick touch and snapped and put the ball in the bottom corner. And, and that's what he's capable of. So like, he's not had too many minutes on the pitch this season for multiple reasons, just with Botafogo exceeding expectations massively in Serie A. But he has a high ceiling. I think there's... The complaints or issue, issues which have come out of Brazil have been around. Oh, he's he's a bit too small and and probably needs to be toughened up a little bit. But that will naturally happen when like he goes comes to the Premier League or players who come over from South America, sort of thrown in the gym and bulked up a little bit to compete. But that's not necessarily a negative. That can only be worked on. But it's his his skill set, his confidence on the ball uh, are two massive sort of attributes as to why he can succeed. Just, just a quick one before Reese or Christian jump in. Is that the, the price tag that's been muted? Is what nine, nine to ten million pounds? Is that right? Is that is that quite a good value for money? Would you say? Or is that a little bit over overpaying? Well, I mean, when it comes to the transfer window, any loads of rumours spread. But this time, twelve months ago, Real Madrid were linked with him. So, I would say for his age and what you can see out of him at the moment in today's market, this is why clubs like Forest and what Brighton have shown and Wolves are going straight to the source because then you can't afford to wait for these players to go to Europe, prove themselves. And then the value is sort of out of reach where someone like Forrest at the moment, yes, we've signed Danilo for 15, 16 million. Realistically, if Forrest don't push into a European spot in the next couple of years, he could be gone. So you need to make sure his value has at least trebled. And that's what naturally happens in the Premier League. So going direct to the source and getting a lad like that for seven to 10 million. I think he's a better investment than Angelo, who's gone to Chelsea, who was another player linked with Forrest. I'm quite happy for Forrest to go in for someone half the value where his potential is probably hasn't been nowhere near fulfilled yet. But I don't particularly, if you're going to draw a comparison, because it's quite hard to do that, but for our listeners, um, Angelo, 15 million, and then this guy for half the price, it's a bit of a no-brainer for me. I've just seen, um, <clears throat> sorry, Nathan, I've just, I listened to, um, I know you just interviewed with Tim Vickery, aren't you? I always try and uh, get his section on Talksbox. I really do like listening to Tim. Mm. Um, 
he mentioned the other day that Bruno Large has just gone to Botafogo, and the ex-Wolves manager. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that was interesting. But another player you've mentioned this morning on your Twitter is um, Sao Paulo's uh, Yegson Mendes. Um, mm -hmm. What can you tell us about him? Just when I'm thinking about, I've had a really busy week and uh, I'm hoping to get a day off and then I see him just you. before this podcast <laughs> as well. I couldn't believe it. But I, the reason why Forrest are probably looking at him is there was earlier links with Pablo Maya. Both of them sort of played defence midfield sometimes together. Pablo Maya is more of a regular in the team, but he's been linked here, there and everywhere. I think Forrest do have, a, did have read that they have got a strong interest in him and he would be a good coup, but with teams like Atletico Madrid in, maybe this is why Forrest are looking elsewhere. But no, the link this morning, he's like, he moved over to Sao Paulo from the MLS at the start of the year, but it's not really worked out for him. He's, I don't know particularly why his performances haven't been particularly solid. They've been tried and tested him off the bench in the Copa de Brazil, a couple of appearances in the Sudamericana. He showed more ability when he was at Orlando. Um, that's when he sort of really stood out when he took his first move from Independiente de Valle. And Independiente de Valle are a really interesting club in Ecuador. They keep producing young talent. Um, Kendry Pires, for example, people would have heard of. He's just gone to Chelsea. He's probably going to be the next best wonder kid. And they just keep churning out talent. And he was that he moved to Orlando when he was 21. And there's a lot of hype around Pablo Maya, who's the same age now, but obviously this kid is 26 now, so there's probably a bit more like, oh, well, he's been to the MLS, he's been around the block, and he's tried to go back to Sao Paulo and make it work, and it, for some reason it hasn't, but he's a defensive midfielder, he's got quick feet, he, he looks to look to play direct balls through the middle, out wide, doesn't do anything too fancy, but he likes to drop deep, sit around the edge of the box, which we saw Forrest do plenty of times last season, um, doesn't make anything doesn't make any reckless tackles, likes to stay on his feet, but he's very clever in the way he nicks the ball back. Only goes to ground when he really has to um, and looks to play it out. I wouldn't see him more of a squad player, but as I tweeted earlier, there may be a few exits, right? Cuerte, Freuer, and as we saw, Forrest 11 towards the end of the season was pretty strong once we got a lot of their injuries back, but the bench was always weak. Um, so every signing you're going to, bringing to the door is not going to be a glamour signing. And I think um, to not have any Forest fans under any illusions, players coming from South America aren't always going to be like the next best thing. But he does hold key attributes to bring on and, and help out with cup competitions and potentially that player to bring on if you are looking to hold on to a lead at the city ground. Well, there's no leads away from home. We need, you've probably spoke about that. but um, Very true. He's probably a good little a good squad player. He's only 26. And, and like I said, that academy is one of the best in the world. Um, and that's where he's he's come from. It hasn't worked out for him at, at Sao Paulo at the moment. Um, but he was a, a very astute player for, for Orlando. Did Caicedo come from them uh, for the yeah. Brighton? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's so many who've come out of there. Um, a few have gone to like the Bundesliga as well. And mm. It's it's really fascinating project for anyone to go and have a look at them. And they're playing in the Sudamericana under twenty final today, and you'll probably see a few players come out of that as well. But um, we're getting a bit more niche and off topic there. Is it is it kind of been like Brexit? What's like drove this? Because all of a sudden, loads of clubs seem to be like looking to South America, like you mentioned, Brighton, obviously us. Um, is it is it Brexit? What's done that, or is it just something different? I honestly think it's mainly to do with just 
money inflation in everything sure. right we yeah. we know it in everyday life when we go to tesco express but premier league clubs <laughs> yeah. are also also dealing with it right and you look at declan rice who's gone to arsenal obviously fantastic player but 105 million like how on earth are teams meant to compete with that it's mm. you forest can't go to europe anymore because it, the spotlight's on there you can pick up decent players there but you are still paying a good chunk of money you can't go and invest good money if you went to Europe could you get another Danilo for 15 16 million on a six-year deal like it, it's not going to happen so for me for teams like Forest who are now right okay with secured safety in the Premier League to move up and not look at relegation and have that second season and try to then well the aim's probably Europa Conference right and, and build up to those sort of spots that's that's the dream people may laugh at that but I, I can't is, wait yeah. for the day Forest get into that but yeah, if so. you are looking at that next step you need to go direct to the source and to be honest like brighton are a leading example of that and obviously forest are as well and the way we're going in but it's a lot cheaper and you will pick up players there but forest are going to having to be smart now that like you can't wait for you can't have sort of like the guinea pig experiment of right well we're, we're keeping tabs on this player he's come to europe now a player has one good season and their value is tripled if, if we we're going to sell danilo in this this in this uh transfer window how much would you be happy with 60 70 million and that's only after a half a season of showing what he's capable of but you wouldn't so that's why teams like forest have to go direct to the source but um i think it's a perfect opportunity like even the asian market as well loads of people i'm going to praise brighton and as as much as possible here but brighton went into the asian market and picked up mitoma dead cheap and people were like how on earth uh, teams doing that and I used to write for the J League at the time um, and I watched him and this kid was unbelievable then and it, you were thinking like if someone just has keeps eyes on him and it's the same principle now you're watching Serie A and something like the Argentine League and stuff like that and you're n noticing these players and they're going to go for less than 20 million because there's no money in these leagues and that's where like Europe can pinch players and it's unfortunate for them but it's the nature of the beast and um, I think that's particularly why. So I, th I think it's a money thing, really. And if Forest are going to go to the next level, you can't go for a player who's already proven. And if they are proven, you're then going to be looking at players like Jesse Lingard, right? Who's, will it work, will it not? They've only got a year or two to prove themselves before they're going to be cast aside elsewhere. If you want to pick up an 18, 19, 20-year-old who you can develop or sell on for a fee where you can then dip your toes back in that market, you have to go to South America. You have to look beyond Europe now. You have to be smart. Um, so, yeah. On the um, topic of Pablo Maya, obviously you mentioned that Atletico are sniffing around at the minute. It seems like Forrest had quite a long withstanding interest in him. I mean, is that gone completely cold now from what you've seen from reports? Or is that just very much, you know, it's sort of, what's it, a bit like United sort of monitoring FC at the minute with him. But um, also on, on topic of midfielders, um, Obviously, where Gustavo Scarpa's been linked with move elsewhere, he's obviously very happy to stay. He's come out and said that. Do you, um, just a double prong question, this one. Do you think that he can necessarily adapt to Premier League from what you've seen so far? Or are you a bit unsure? I love Gustavo Scarpa, and I felt really sorry for him last season. Um, obviously, injuries ruled him out for large parts. And when he came in, when he came on and, and he featured, obviously, in that 1-0 away victory to Southampton, where... Uh, obviously the only away win and I'm not saying that's down to him but he came on and in 20 minutes everyone was like buzzing about the away win but most people were tweeting saying 
but he was spraying those balls. He looked really promising um, and showed that quality. Yes, he's 28, 29, and a lot of people are thinking, well, he's coming over here now for a bit of a payday and stuff like that. I don't necessarily see it that way. He could have easily put his feet up, stayed at Palmeiras. And he's obviously looking to challenge himself, but it's where Danilo has probably adapted better. Forrest and Palmeiras play the same formation, 4-2-3-1. And Danilo's, well, to be fair, Danilo's probably slotted in higher than when did at Palmeiras. But it's it's the, and even with the language barrier, he worked into that formation pretty well and eased into it, where Scarpa obviously was never going to get in front of Morgan Gibbs-White. And that central role behind the striker was, was Scarpa's. And he was sort of pushed out wide a little bit because he's left-footed. I mean, it happens to a lot of left-footers. Left-footed, tick, right, you're on the left wing at any level. And he came into that team where Forrest had a lot of injuries, obviously, as we know. And But that role, where he it has played out on the left for Palmeiras at times, but Palmeiras are one of the most dominant teams in Brazil, and he was playing in an attacking team where all of a sudden Scarpa's come into Forrest and... Forrest is just trying to salvage and hang on to points. So he was having to like chase the ball down a lot more, play more of a defensive role, everything which was going on in the background with him as well, right? With the whole cryptocurrency scandal and moving to a new country. Yes, he could speak the language, but there's a lot going on there. I think he also had a, well, his wife had a child. I'm not 100% sure, but a lot going on, obviously going back to Brazil and then the injuries. But he was playing in a very different role and getting up to speed with, with the Premier League, obviously. Serie A finishes around November, so it was his pre-season, really, and Forrest obviously needed to get points on the board. So I do feel sorry for him there, but I'm happy to see them stick around. I don't want him to see him going low until like, the sick task with the rumours spreading there. It'd be great for him to have a full pre-season, see where he can fit into the team. I'd definitely see him as a squad player. I don't want him to be written off as a, as a failure just yet. He's, he's won it all in Brazil. He's been Brazilian player of the year, two Libertadores, endless titles. He's still only 28, 29. People are sort of like throwing him off to one side as if he's 33, 34 and can't cope. It's not the case. I just feel like he was, it was terrible, well, unfortunate circumstances for him, really. And yeah, to answer your question about Pablo Maya, look, I don't know what's going on with reports. Um, I don't want to be that, that journalist. I've seen a lot of stick for people pretending to know rumours from Forest fan base. Um, I'm not that guy. I'm just here to sort of bridge the gap. Um, so as soon as I saw like the rumours, I just introduced who he was. But there's been nothing to say at the moment where he is or isn't going. Forrest probably still monitoring him. But just to sort of let people know what he's like, he's a defence midfielder. Um, more of a bulldozer, to be honest, than anything else, um, which you don't, you probably wouldn't expect. You see Brazil, you probably think, oh, you're getting a flair player. You won't get that with Pablo Maia. He's very much, if I'm going to draw comparisons, and hopefully this doesn't get clipped up, but sort of like a Ryan Yates sort of style, um, nothing too flashy about him, but does his role really well. Uh, likes to carry the ball forward, high pressure for a defensive midfielder, likes to push that line forward, doesn't go to ground, so he doesn't put himself in vulnerable situations. Don't really see him get booked too often. Um, and I say that lightly, because in the Brazilian league, you get booked for everything. And he has just returned from suspension, but it uh, doesn't get too too many yellows. It doesn't make too, anything um, too many rash decisions. And he's popped up with a couple of goals this season. And his goals have been uh, his goal against International. Definitely go and check it out. It shows that he's got a little bit more about him. He's not going to come and score five, ten goals. He will be that player to pop up with two or three or a good League Cup goal, which people will probably try and hang on to, which we do see time to time with these sort of players. But um, 
I would be pretty happy for him to come. I think he'd slot into Forest's 4-2-3-1 formation pretty well. It's what Sao Paulo set up with, but it's, it's one to monitor. Newcastle, West Ham, Atletico, they've all been interested. So we just have to wait and see. But it's only his second full season as a Sao Paulo um, senior player. He's come up through the academy. But as, as um, Reese alluded to, like people are going more to the South American markets. And now it's a case of one, two years and people are snapping these players up. So it's almost quite difficult to say if they'll succeed at first. Like, like we said with Danilo, he needed that transition period. And the same would probably apply to Pablo Maya. But the way he's, the best way to describe him, as I said, bulldozing midfielder. Um, and one I, I, I'd be pretty happy with to see him uh, at the City ground. Nathan, just before we let you go and, and obviously maybe have a rest from all the reporting of, <laughs> of rumours, um, out of the players that Forrest have been linked to uh, this summer, who who would you say that stands out as like probably the most ex- exciting one for you personally that if, if they were to come to Forrest, you'd go, we've got a player here and, and we can they'll either push us on and also develop and also have that sell-on value. It's kind of like a three-in-one kind of combination. It's a bit like Didillo now. He, he's come, he's got so much about him already, can push pushes on, push himself on, etc. Who, who Who do you think that player is? I think Danilo was a bit of a, a one-off. Palmeiras have really struggled to replace him. They've got adequate defensive midfielders, but I think Danilo was a, a one-off, hence why Forrest put him on a six-year contract. They weren't messing about, and um, that's why I made so much noise about him in January. I don't think we're going to get that sort of player with the players linked at the moment. The most disappointing one for me was the Giovanni link from another Palmeiras player who's sort of edged, started edging towards the first team. Was playing in the youth team with Enrique, who's going to Real Madrid when he turns 18 and he's opted to choose money over his next move and he's moved to the Qatar Stars League with Al Saz and it was a, it was a massive disappointment to see that. Um, I was really excited about him coming through. He was only 19 and he probably needs maybe a low move if he was to come to Forest or two or three years to sort of work his way up because he hasn't had that first team experience like Danilo had at his younger age but um, hopefully he he realises after a year or two and does make that move to Europe, so one to keep hold of. But um, I'll start with a negative and finish with a positive. So the, the negative there was Giovanni making a terrible decision to go to Qatar. Um, but the, the latest link for the Botafogo player, Nascimento, if you can, if Forrest can pick him up between 7 to 10 million euros, I think it's, it could be a really good coup. Um, it's just one of those where he's played limited minutes this season, so I wouldn't want a lot of pressure to be put on at first. I think they always need a year bedding in. And for him, he still hasn't nailed down his preferred or best position. He might say that he might come out and be like, yeah, I like to play as a striker here. But the way he drops off and feeds players through, more of like a Firmino number nine sort of player. But I think he's got a really high ceiling. We'll be excited to see him come through. And for, like I said, for that sort of price, anything under 10 million euros, I think it's worth chancing in, in today's market. Cool, Nathan. If uh, people want to check out your podcast, the Copper Club, where can they can they find it? Yeah, so I, I'll put it all over my Twitter. But yeah, the Copper Club podcast. We're a few episodes in now, um, but the likes of Kevin Hatchard and Tim Vickery have recently been on. Um, I've got loads more guests coming up with who are fairly big in the industry. But yeah, if you follow me on Twitter at Nathan Joys One, or the Copper Club podcast is on Apple or Spotify. 
Bro, thank you very much, Nathan. Um, I'm sure we'll get you back uh, later in the season to discuss some forest stuff as well. So it's been it's been really good to have you. Thank you for taking your time. Yeah, no thanks for coming, mate. No problem at all. Cheers, guys. Nice one. Take care. Bye bye. So that was Nathan Joyce from the Copper Club. Some interesting stuff there, I thought, guys. Um, obviously, lots of lots of rumours. If if Nascimento is is someone to be excited about, that's that's going to be a good one for us. A, a cheap option, kind of a little bit of an unknown and a bit of a different uh, quantity up top. Another topic I did want to talk about is obviously how how well Morgan Gibbs White in England did. Uh, Gibbs White himself obviously got three assists, a goal. They won the final in very dramatic circumstances with a last-minute penalty save from from James Trafford, and, and I think it, there was been a lot of cause for for like rumours of saying like obviously obviously uh, we mentioned that Angel Gomez wanting to come to Forest or Smith Rowe or, or whoever, but um, how good of an achievement Lee was was that not only just for for Morgan Gibbs White but for for England as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it highlights what we've got coming through the ranks. It's just going to be interesting to see how many of them step up. I think you look at the models of quite a lot of the other countries that have been successful and five or six, I think Pierce made a point that, like, you look at the Germany team that went and won it when they beat his 21s in the final. Several of those in the next tournament were stepping up and, and making an impact for Germany. So, I mean... It's one of those things that in recent years we've done it a lot better, but I think there's always been the argument with when it comes to the national team that they get picked on who they play for rather than what they're actually doing. So um, it'll be interesting, but hopefully now, I mean, Southgate's kind of got nowhere else to go now. They they can't really win it and then not some of them are going to get called up, aren't they? So, yeah, I think Gibbs White's definitely one that's going to be in the mix because obviously he's too old for the 21s now. Um yeah, it's just, I mean, it's. I just think it's a real shame that more of the games weren't free to air, to be fair. I, I, at the end of the day, it's still a major tournament and we talk about the young quality that's coming through the ranks and that sort of stuff. But then no one's got the access to watch them. I think. I don't even think they're on Sky, were they? It was UEFA TV that I think they were all on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a bit of a shame. I think uh, it was good that Channel 4 did take the final. I mean, I made a point on my personal social media. Channel 4 should just get everything to do with England because they took the World Cup final in the cricket for um, for one match and we won it. Um, they took the 21s, we won that. So if you're listening, Channel 4, just get bidding as much as you've got for the next World Cup so that England can hopefully win it. Um, but yeah, hopefully a few of them will step up. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see which ones do because obviously some will still be eligible for the 21s, but the ones that aren't, like I say, they've Southgate's either got to pick them or um, they'll just be. They're never going to get rid of that tag, are they? Winning the under 21s, they'll always be uh, known for being in that team. But the future certainly looks bright for England, I think. Um, Christian, obviously, Morgan Gibbs White didn't win player of the tournament, Anthony Gordon did, but someone I, I he didn't really get mentioned that much, Gibbs White, but I thought he really excelled in that England side in the under 21s. His link up with like Smith Rowe. And uh, Angel Gomez, um, Madaweke was really, really exciting to see. How, how much of a big season is this for Gibbs White in terms of not just him helping Forrest out, but potentially knocking on Gareth Southgate's door for the Euros next summer? I was fleeced a bit, weren't I? I mean, he, how he wasn't in team in a tournament is a bit of a surprise, but these things happen, I suppose. As for uh, Gibbs White's season, I mean, 
obviously, I thought it was a bit premature of was it Mark Ogden to say that you know a European team should be looking at him right now. I'm not, I'm not just saying that from a biased Forest fan perspective. I just thought it was a bit, you know, someone who hasn't really taken a lot of interest beneath the top six, seven in the Premier League, really, um, which about just about sums up Mark Ogden up, to be fair. But um, yeah, it was. It's a big season for him. I think it's a big season for him and Danilo. Uh, but in terms of Gibbs White, I think I would. The only thing that makes me think he might not get an England call up this year is because we're so close to a tournament. And a mixture of that and Southgate's stubbornness in general. I mean, Mason Mount might not play at all next season, but he'll still be in the team. We know that's going to happen. So, um, same with Maguire. Maguire might kick a ball for United all season, but he'll be starting centre-back um, next summer in Germany. We, these are just things that we have to uh, expect of Southgate now. It's his last dance. This will be his last tournament, um, God willing. So, um It'll be a case of, you know, it'll be his favourites or nothing else. So that makes me think that it'll be very difficult for Gibbs White to break into a senior setup. However, I mean, if Eze can, I mean, I'm not, not taking anything away from Eze, he had an exception went into the season. But I think over the course of the season, I'd say Gibbs White was a better performer consistently. Eze came to life when Vieira left, strangely. Um, but I know he was phenomenal for those last, like, two, three months of the season. No, there's no escaping that. I mean, he carried Palace more than Zaha. Or in in or in reminiscent of Zaha from previous years, but um, yeah, over the course of the season, I felt Gibbs White was a better performer and much more valuable to Forest. But now he's had that year integrated into the sides. Obviously, we've got a settled lineup ish now. Obviously, we're looking to make stronger. Um, no, we're not at a point where we're having like initiations every training session, which felt <laughs> like it was the case for quite a while last season. Um, so I, I'm very excited for Gibbs White to produce this season. I think he's he relishes. I mean, it's a bit like you know we've seen so many great players, I mean, really great players, like at the top highest level of the game. People like even Fernando Torres, for example, world class strikers who really struggle with price tag and expectation. And Gibbs White's almost taken it as an incentive to perform better. He's sort of he's, it seems like he's taken a full figure. It's like okay, they think I'm worth this much. I'm showing sure I'm worth that and more. And we're not talking small numbers here. I mean, I know obviously Sky like banged the drum repeatedly. We all knew it was 25 million up front anyway, but the figure they all ran with was 42 and a half million. But he just seems to thrive off that and just seems to like, you know, so determined to prove his worth. And he's just excelling with every, each and every game. As we said last season, it wasn't so much watching Forest last season. It was paying to watch Gibbs White play football. He was at that level of good. And I'm really excited to see what he can conjure up this season. And um, yeah, some of the football and the, the interplay with like Gomez and Smith Rowe, as you said, I can't, I think it was the second goal against um, I, can't remember, I think it might have been Israel. Israel, yeah, we just absolutely it was, it was unbelievable. Cut them to shreds. It was like you know, yes, a lot of blink and think twice. Like, is this England? Is this England team we're watching here? They're not just <laughs> clogging it long into the box and running after it, or they're not just camping in their own penalty box. What, what, what's going on? That. Yeah, very excited to see what he can come up with. And um, yeah, I, I really hope he gets a call. If it's a friendly against like Latvia or someone, like he, he at least deserves that. But um, obviously, it's weird though, because obviously, before the World Cup, it was that obviously because it went to 26 rather than 23. There was that 55 man long list, wasn't there? And Lingard was on that, um, as we know, obviously, even though he wasn't playing particularly well. But 
if there's a similar thing going into the Euros, you think Gibbs White would be on that and probably be much higher than Lingard as well. So we'll see. Mm. Maybe he'll get a friendly. Maybe he'll be on the backup list. I don't know. But I, re- I, I just hope he gets you know, his, his flowers, if you like, because he really deserves it. And I'm so excited to watch him play this season. Yeah, just a, a last a last word on Gibbs White uh, for you, Reese. Um, I just wanted to ask you, like, because, like you say, we're looking to bring in more quality over quantity. Now, now you think we'll have a more settled side. Do you ex- do you kind of not expect, but I think maybe Gibbs White probably expect it from himself for him to contribute even more in terms of goals and assists this season because everyone should know each other, essentially. Yeah, I mean. I've said this um, about young players in the past. I'm not going to mention his name, but um, you, you look at young players and when you're buying them for a, um, a fairly substantial fee, as we have with Gibbs White and the other guy, I'm not going to mention his name, um, you look at them improving season by season and over time. So what did Gibbs White score last season? Did he get five, maybe? Five, five and eight. Five and eight. Assists, yeah. yeah, so he'd be looking for goals-wise, probably to get more close to double figures and assists-wise, probably break into double figures. And that's what you've got to keep doing with young players. They've got to consistently do keep trying to improve season on season. And if, obviously, he was to get a move to a a much bigger club, then obviously them numbers would have to probably look at going up again because you get more chances more often than not. But um, yeah, just touching on England um, and what Christian was saying, etc. I'm a, I'm very, very impressed with Levi Colwell. I, I think if he has a good season, he'll be in the senior team. He might well, um, but he won't play. Okay, yeah, I'll tell well, you now. It'll be well, Maguire, Maguire and it'll be Maguire and Stones. It'll be well, Pickford I mean, goal, I mean and it'll Stones. be mounting the team. We all know that's going to happen. And Sterling probably is part of the front three. Even if none of them play this season, they will all be there starting. Well, Matt will, Southgate. Matt will play Rens because he's, he's obviously signed for Man U on big money. So I'd like to think. <laughs> I do agree with you, Christine and Owen Lee. Um, I'd like to think that. If Harry Maguire isn't playing, and you're lucky, he might get a move. We don't know yet. If Mario Maguire isn't playing, he can't play. He just can't because I've always said Maguire's never really let England down. But when we play the big teams, he's not like I look at the Giroud goal against France where he got in between him and Stones. And it's things like that, like little kind of mistakes where a player who's playing every week would maybe cut that out. Um, England, England's a whole different topic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I just, I just like, we'll get I, that, we'll get my just my slight take on that would be, I just think you're right. If he's playing week in week out, and he's playing well for Chelsea, he'd he'd be in the squad. I tend to agree with Christian that he wouldn't play. But we say that Maguire's made. You've just pinpointed two mistakes that Maguire's made for England. There, ultimately, James Trafford bailed Colville out. Because he he was clumsy in the the dying stages of a game. There's no there's no saying that he's not going to step up and start making silly errors as well. Because it's a completely different ball game, isn't it? Did you think that was a penalty? Um, I think that it's one of them where if you slow it down, it does look worse. But does he get any? If that's on an England player in the box, what would we say? He didn't play any of the ball, and he wraps his leg round his shin. The player, the player, the player is very Spanish, isn't he? He goes down very (laughs) Spanish. Oh, he was on the he was on the he was on the floor for about three minutes. It was a typical Spain team. But it doesn't have it doesn't have to be GBH for it to be a foul. And I think you you look at it and you look at it and you look at it and you think that probably is a foul, and it's a challenge he doesn't need to make because he's not even going towards goal. 
it was a typical Spain team of we're behind, so we'll just get Mardi at everything. I mean, they, yeah. they were literally moaning about the celebrations, weren't they? Um, you know, I mean, come on. But uh, no, we'll get, we'll get, like you said, Adam, it's a different subject, England. Um, I would like to, I do like discussing England as well. But um, yeah, we'll go back to Gibbs White, obviously, towards the England squad. Yeah, I think Christian makes a good point with it being a tournament at the end of the season. I think Southgate will probably have the bulk of his squad probably nailed in, really, pretty much. But there's still a season two um, for some to obviously impress. You know, yeah. I know James Madison's gone to Tottenham. He might not be that impressive there. We don't know what's going to happen this season. So he has, in a sense, got to pick some players on form, you'd think. You know, I know he... He does get stick, obviously, for picking Maguire, etc. But there is a few he does pick, I think, on form as well. And he's as well. He's he's not afraid at times. Like he picks Gerhi from Crystal Palace. He's, he's picked Ante recently, and obviously Eze from Palace, who aren't as fashionable a club as the big six slash seven. But um, so we'll see. It, it obviously all depends mm-hmm. on the season. But as as I said at the start of the comments, Morgan will just be looking to improve as Forrest will on his numbers last season. We've got to, as a team, push a few places higher and and Gibbs White would be in like the star man of the team. I'm sure he'll want to push his numbers and for the assists into double figures. Yeah. Um, just obviously before we, we wrap up, we're gonna have a few there's a few things to to talk about. Obviously uh, Ross Wilson, who's come in as our, I don't know, you want to call him a CEO, director of football. I don't know what you call it these days, but he's brought in Alex Gross from who was at Chelsea as a part of the medical staff. Um, Lee, I seen your article the other day about Adam Burrows coming in as a leading sports scientist. These are good moves for the club, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we said we've said for ages on this podcast, haven't we, that uh, there was something seriously amiss in the the medical and the, the strength and conditioning. I don't think we were ever quite, oh, just sack the medical staff. But um, yeah, something needed to change, didn't it, behind the scenes? I noticed straight away after that Adam Burroughs link that someone had mentioned, um, I think it might have been on underneath the article that I wrote and on Facebook, I think, and it was something like, um, oh, we've we've taken the person from the only other team that had more injuries than us last year without reading that he wasn't actually there last year. He was Tuchel's man and he was there when Chelsea won the Champions League. So always good to read articles and not headlines. That's my message for today's podcast. Uh, but yeah, good appointments. Um, and hopefully we'll get a few more, to be fair, before the season starts. Definitely. Um, I just wanted to uh, ask you, Reese, because I know you wanted to speak about this, actually. And, and Christian, you could probably chime in as well. And, and Lee, obviously, but is the Harry Toffolo situation. He's obviously um, faith, looking at charges of, of bets he made while he was at Swindon. I can vouch for, for Harry Toffolo. I've worked in Swindon. And there's not a lot to do. So I kind of don't <laughs> blame him. But also, it was from like, what, six, seven years ago? I don't know what 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 do you make of it? Obviously, Ivan Tony, we, he, it took it took a long time for him to get done, but he was doing it while he was like quite a lot recently. Yeah, I think there was seven months in between when Tony got charged to when he actually got a ban because obviously you have to go through a process, don't you? Yeah, it was. It kind of really did say all oh, that Toffolo wasn't involved at all, was he? Yesterday, I, I don't. He wasn't even mentioned in terms of an injury or anything. So. I don't know if he's been took out the firing line for a bit. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, TalkSport covered the Tony one really in depth. So, obviously, with 
listening to talks about while I'm working, I did hear quite a lot about it. Um, so, you know, just to put some meat on the bones for his listeners, I mean, Tony was done for 232 betting charges. Um, so Toffolo has been done for 375. So that's, you know, 143 more. Um, it, you'll, you'll get to find more information as time goes on. Like at the minute, we don't know what these charges are, what games is bet on, what markets is betting on. As time went on with Ivan Tony's, it was like said that Tony would bet on himself to score, for example. There was never any bets, I think, with Tony where he was playing for a actually playing for a team and he was betting on them to lose, which obviously would be a big problem. <laughs> you can't, they know, they know, I know, I don't like these historical things, I don't, but the footballers, they know the rules and you, you just can't do it. And even like betting on yourself and that to score, you're kind of bringing the game into dispute, disrepute a bit because you might make a different decision. Say if you was like, I don't know, an easy pass for someone to tap it in and you're throwing goal and you bet on yourself to score, you might you might take the shot on instead. It's not it's not good. I know he was a young lad and listening to the the official Forest podcast, he sounded like a really genuine, decent bloke. And I feel for him because, you know, obviously, like I said, I don't like his historic charges, but it's 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 not looking good. He's if he's been charged. I mean, he's if he's been charged, I've obviously got substantial evidence to charge him, and he's probably gonna he's probably gonna get a ban. And something else I don't like as well from it, which I don't get what the FA get out of this at all, is Tony's like been excluded from training with his team, which I don't I don't agree with that at all. Fair enough if he's not playing, but to not be able to like train with your club and that that ain't for me. <clears throat> and it just always seems as well in football with gambling. I mean, I remember back to when like we were kids and it was always like the addictions were always alcohol and cigarettes. Now you look in the media now and with young people, it seems to be gambling. And it always seems like these type of things from the FA are a bit really token gestures. Like you look at the thing from the Premier League where they've they've stopped the um front of shirt sponsorships, but they'll still allow them on the sleeve and they'll still allow hoardings and hoardings of it to spin around during games i mean you you kind of do have to laugh really the hypocrisy of it all but you know it's just such a sticky situation football and gambling um you know we obviously got asked him to do a a sponsorship for gambling on this pod and we said no because it's just not really something i personally like advertising as we all said so but no it doesn't with obviously the charges and it depends on the severity of the charges as well. It doesn't, it doesn't look good for him. I'd imagine he's going to get a similar, if not longer ban than Tony, if it obviously all comes to fruition, what's been said. Hmm. Uh, the thing that gets me, I, I said this about Tony as well, it's just, you know, as Reese touched upon, these players know the rules. Like, the thing is, like, regardless of what you can do, you can like fair enough. If you want to bet, fine. You can bet on anything. Bet on the NBA. You can bet on you know cricket. You can bet horse on racing. football, horse racing. You can bet on a fucking fly walking up the wall if you want to and see which one's gonna which. It doesn't <laughs> matter. If you want to do that, fine. That's entirely on you. But if you're a professional footballer, you know full well you cannot bet on football at any point. Just don't do it. Like I just don't. I just find it so bad. I, mean, I keep seeing people say like, oh, you know. Like um, and there is like a, a, an element of credence to this as well, where you see like Harry Toffolo holding up a sky bet like image with like a betting thing on his shirt, and for example, and yes, football does have a very tricky relationship with gambling. There's no getting away from that. But 
just because it's exposed on his shirt and because he sees it in the stadium doesn't mean he should bet on himself or bet on allegedly. Well, we obviously don't know that yet. Or but bet on the sport as a whole. Just bet on something else. If you want, to, if you want to have a gamble, fine. Bet on you know Jimmy Butler to score twenty five points, Miami Heat, whatever. Like it doesn't have to be on football. And that's the thing I always really struggle with when these. And yes, okay, the FA should be doing more than you know. Obviously, you've got a bunch of old blazer wearing like white men pouring through Harry Toffolo's betting slips from. 2014 or whatever it is, which seems a bit silly, but ultimately the rules are there and they're not there to be broken. They're, they're very like this is very strong enforcement on these rules. Like, I just find it very weird. And, um, you know, obviously you can put it down to like youthful naiveness if you want, but I just don't see, uh, I, I, don't, I don't see the connection between oh, just was on the front of your shirt or on, on a shirt sponsor on your sleeve to actually, I'm going to, as a professional footballer, bet on something in my league, for example. I just find that very, very strange. On a much lighter note, though, uh, going back to uh, the gross thing with Lee, my, my favourite thing was from that headline, like, Forrest signed gross to be whatever. So the top comment was, for a split second, I thought we'd sign the ex-first manager to be our Christian gross. Christian gross, <laughs> yeah. That did make me chuckle. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, what, what I meant is by like the front of shirt is like more the fans, not him. Obviously, there's no excuse for for him to be better. You know, we've all made mistakes when we're young. It's just a shame now he's got I like Toffolo's like journey because he's gone from right from the bottom and he's got to the top and it just seems like he's got to the top and then somebody's obviously got a bit of a agenda or something, grass grassed him up or something like that. But um but yeah, obviously as we mentioned earlier, it's gonna probably make his need for a left back that bit more um okay. make sense of why why we've been heavily linked to a fair few obviously unfortunately we we missed out on Renan Lodis he's gone to, to yeah. Marseille I don't I don't ever think I don't ever think that yeah. was actually on I think it was just all more paper talk but especially by his reaction at the end of last season you know I think if there was a you know a 14s mind who was going to come back I don't think he'd have got as emotional as he did would he I think that was probably an end of journey kind of emotion from him which you know I wish him the best mm. I thought he did well for us last season Laddie. yeah definitely uh, just to close out guys I just wanted to ask everyone what what your thoughts are on the next maybe fortnight at least we'll say of like what what do you kind of expect to happen at Forest in the next few weeks? Do, do you expect a few signings to actually happen? Because we've only got we've got less than four weeks now till we play Arsenal live on TNT Sports, as it's called these days now. Um, League, what, what, what are you expecting to happen? I mean, we're, we're, we're linked to two goalkeepers. I've completely forgot to mention Jose Sarr in all that, in all that transfer rumour malarkey. Well, I, I wouldn't expect much to happen in the next week because we're in Spain. Um, mm. I know that never know. the party never <laughs> stops behind the scenes. I know with that sort of stuff, but I, I don't expect anything made. I think Cooper will want to kind of ensure that lots of his squad is in place by the time they get back. Um, for the next week, I'd expect lots of rumours, um, lots more snippets of players that we probably are interested in and even more of players that we're definitely not. Um, Luca Dini, I'm looking at that link. Um but yeah, I, I think I in the, within the next fortnight, I'd probably say two or three will have been signed. And then I'd expect the other two or three to maybe come in possibly the week before the season starts, if I'm being honest. And then I think we'll assess things as after we've played three or four games and that'll determine whether we get maybe one or two more in before the deadline closes. Hmm. Christian? I see. So yeah, I do get what Lee's saying about the whole... 
we're in Spain thing for a week, but it's not like we're in a very difficult to reach place. It's like a two-hour flight from England. So I, I imagine Cooper's probably allowed a few contingency places on his Spanish tour to for the new signings, for example. I mean, for example, if Dean Henderson is pushed through, like let's say he'll he'll be straight he'll be on a flight straight to Valencia or airport. He he won't be hanging around. So yeah, and I imagine it might be the same with Willian as well. So I would I think we will yeah, over the next fortnight. I'd like us to have at least two or three done. Oh, um, ideally Henderson being one of them because obviously the goalkeeper is the most important position. Um, I'd like some more clarity on some, um, Sangare or whatever it is because I have a feeling that could be another saga. I really don't want it to be, but that could be one that goes quite deep into August just because, you know, PSV and Harbour. Hopefully, who knows, we might have some surprise Brazilian package that Naples was talking about earlier as well. But, um, yeah, I reckon three more done in the next fortnight. I wouldn't be surprised to see a few leave as well. Obviously, Sarri's on his way out now. Um, I would be surprised to see if Dennis was gone. Um, and there might probably be a few loan players for some of the like academy kids coming through as well, like um, even like Josh Powell, for example, who apparently seems to be catching my reviews, or Brandon Aguilera. I would be surprised if there was a low move, like mooted for him at least before while, he, while he's out in Spain. So I think, yeah, like Lee said, a lot's going to go on behind the scenes. I don't envy them right now. They're probably running off about three hours sleep and a lot of coffee. So um, we have to wait and see, but I'm expecting quite a bit. Reese, anything to add? Yeah, um, Cooper did. I listened to his post match yesterday with Colin Frey, and he did. He did say in the next few days, and then he did went on to clarify and say actually probably the next week. So, um, so yeah, I do. I do agree with Christian. I don't think really the Spain training camp are behind the scenes. They'll be working hard, and if obviously we do get a player in, I'm sure they could obviously go out or <clears throat> the week after we're playing Leeds and PSV, aren't we? So. Um, so yeah, this this just a lot of players as well to get rid of. You know, Christians like mentioned one there and Emmanuel Dennis. There's, I think there's going to be question marks pretty much all the window over Raymond Froiler. Um, like I said, there was a link one with Saudi Arabia to Kiate. I think if they was to come in for Kiate, I think that'd be an easy deal to make because he's only got one year with us and they'll probably be offering him silly money. Um, and then obviously there's the the likes of Huang and Josh Bowler and Panzo and Larea and O'Brien and Hennessy and God I can probably name a load more who one of them into 50-50 whether they'll be going or not. So yeah, I think I think up and I think with this time for Farish we'll probably end up doing deals in terms of getting players in and out until the end of August, really. Mm. Um, obviously, have John Joe Shelv is another one we've got to try and get rid of. I don't think if reports are to be led to be believed, I'm not sure if we're dead keen on Chris Wood to be honest. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to. Um, <laughs> I know people are absolutely dying for signings, but like I said in the, I think the first comment in the pub, Forest have got to get these signings right, and if that means they have to take another fortnight to get it right rather than rushing to get players in, I'll take that. Um, yeah. It wouldn't With surprise that... me. I'm going to do a little, sorry, Lee, I'm just going to do a little one. It wouldn't surprise me if Sangare is in our team to play PSV. I'll, I'll, I'll put a little, um, put a little punt out there for that one. Once again, I was just going to say, once again, I've spotted with, with various fans on message boards and social media and stuff, it, we're damned if we do and damned if we don't because there's a clamour for 
five players to be added in, you know, yesterday. Yet every time we get linked with a player, oh, not him, he's shit. Give me <laughs> sign, give me signings, but not him because he's shit. I mean, you can't have it both ways. If the club want them, then it's what we're going to get, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you, we've said it all along under Steve Cooper. He's a he's a head coach. He, how many players has he? What's he been with us now? A couple of years. How many players has he actually improved on the training ground and made them better players? You've just got to give it the acid test of getting them in the club and and seeing what they can do and. Like I say, you you can't sit there and say you want loads of signings and every link, you know, don't like him is shit. I saw someone the other day, you know, every link just not exciting. It's, it's just not enough and this, that and the other. It's like, you're going to have to wait and see. We're not going to sign that many. Um, but yeah, it's just a frustrating time. I just want football to start so we can start talking about how crap we are at the back still or something. Again. <laughs> I think I think the, 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 other, the other thing is as well, if we go down this whole Brighton route... There's, Half the time well, you're not going to have heard. You're not going to have heard yeah, of the player, yeah. because, and then and then and then you go, oh bloody hell, we found him down the Chilean mine, and you go, wow, wow, we've done brilliant, and then you're selling him for 50, 60 million, and and it's great. But like, Lee, Lee is right. That 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 yeah. that sentence was yeah. That's what flared. So that's what flared this. I mean, I I would, I would I would probably agree. I've not been overly excited by a lot of the links, but at the same time, I've thought, do you know what? If Cooper wants some, let's see. I don't want. I don't think any of them have been as tragic as the wooden Shelby links were. I think we all, our all of our arts sank when we got linked with those two. As much as we, we we tried to give them a chance in that, it's just not worked out for various reasons. Shelby just because he's an absolute arse, it seems, and. Um, it would just because he doesn't really suit our style, but we said that from the off. But he, it's one of them. It is what it is. You've just got to wait and see and see what we end up with. I mean, well, I, like, thought, ha, ha, I sorry, and I, I mean, I thought Shelby would be alright, but I can't really legislate for him being a bell end off the pitch. I called him Harry Art two point oh, and I was right. <laughs> yeah, I told you, you all. <laughs> Absolutely like, clown show. Fingers had, crossed. Had, Paul Ackenbottom texts him on at the Chef Year. So you know what's going to happen? It'll go to Chef United and he'll probably score past us. No, nah, tell you what happened. It'll be Yates will kick him into the stands and the whole city ground will cheer it and, and we'll win like four 0 Yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> but, but, like, but but just just before we finish and and kind of like make make a bit of a point here, like hand on heart, I'd say ninety nine percent of the forest. Supporters, if they hadn't seen Danilo play, would have got wouldn't have got excited about him. But now we've bloody lauded him, and we've got a song and we're singing dance about him. And you, and, and, you can and, never uh, go. Fans can never base their opinion on. I've never heard of him, so he's crap. That's the worst opinion in. Football. I know it's awful. There's so many incredible players out there who I guarantee fans will never ever have heard of. You know, so I think I think the two priority positions where we definitely need, obviously, this is coming on the back of Toffolo um, and Richards, obviously not playing for us yet. We we need a left back. We need a goalkeeper. I think they're the main two. I think mm-hmm. if we were to not start the season, say where we'd not strengthen any other position, I think we could probably make do for a few weeks. But we definitely need a number one. Which, to be fair, I think if Onana. Um, which looks like it's happening to United. I think that's pretty much done in principle, Henderson, to us. There hasn't been any other links, has there, to Henderson from but, any other H- club? Henderson's not even in the United uh, tour. Yeah, well, squad, I think he's still not quite fit. Of... Well, he's still not quite fit, I don't think, as well, as he? So, and obviously, we do need a left-back. I think they're the main two for me, personally. My, yeah. my, my unpopular take to finish with is, I think Jose Sar will sign before Henderson, but I do think we'll sign them both. It wouldn't surprise me. wouldn't I mean... surprise me. That'll, that'll piss off a lot of Wolves fans, so that's I'm all I, for it. I, <laughs> I think a few of them don't seem to like him, to be honest. Um, 
I've seen I've seen one Wolves fan, not going to mention the name, <laughs> um, <laughs> say that he, he he can't get down very quickly. Which, to be fair, the goal at ours, he, he went straight through his legs, didn't he? So um, yeah, yeah, but we'll see. I mean, we, 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 we've we kind of run out of time because I don't want to keep everyone on a Sunday, but we've not even spoke about the Johnson rumour. Maybe maybe next time we'll, we'll speak about that next. But uh, within the next four weeks, obviously leading up to the Arsenal game, there's probably going to be a lot of fire and smoke. And, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it on this podcast. But it's been a good one to, to get us back into the swing of things. Obviously, over the next few weeks, hopefully we'll talk about signings, maybe a front of shirt sponsor, Um Obviously, we'll do our league predictions because that was fun last year uh, and, and and we'll get into it, guys. But thanks again for joining us on Red Side of Trent. We'll catch you in the next one. Take care and come on, you Reds. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans